journey has brought me to an understanding of the divine forces with which we have all been bestowed. It was in this search that I came upon a revelation which has called me to guide millions of people towards their righteous destiny. destiny. We're gonna do a song. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a song that you never heard before. Who's going to hit us now? We are strongest. We're I spit that orchestral Medina born exceptional Extra extraterrestrial From out the ghetto Best of you Put your yard up on knowledge Like the lessons do So fly Please get high Off the residue So real and surreal The pure deal Dante Flacco Flow handsome Welcome back everybody To the Jeff vs. The World Presents The I Am Not Dave Wrestling Podcast Episode number 14 Hope everybody is safe out there. Um, well, let's just jump right into it. We got a lot of topics. Well, not maybe not a lot of topics, but we got a couple of things to talk about. Usually it's one or two things. Tonight I think it'll be three or four. But let's jump right into them. Uh, Ronda Rousey has made news. Social media is going crazy right now. Um, she had an interview with Steve-O, I guess, on his YouTube show or podcast. Not sure which one it is, but... She said some things about uh, the wrestling fans that have upset uh, many in the community. Um, so I'm just going to read an excerpt from her interview, and it starts off with, "What am I doing? What am I doing it for? If I'm not be, not being able to spend my time and energy on my family, but instead spending my time and my energy on a bunch of fucking ungrateful fans that don't even appreciate me." Yeah, so from that, it's a lot to unpack because I I understand both sides. And let me explain. So there's a fan base out there that's, I like, you know, we all know is a really hardcore fan base of a wrestling fan. So... Rhonda's taking a lot of this stuff from this interview. It seems the things that happened while she was there, she took it personally. And one thing about wrestling fans is we don't care. We're just looking for our next fix. And it's not everybody, but the majority, especially uh, the younger wrestling fan. And I'm not saying young as in a kid because, you know, a kid hasn't fully developed, not thinking about, oh, when this person go home, how, how's, how does their back feel? Or what about their family? I'm talking about like, you know, that 18 on up. And you just got these fans out here that will say and do anything. They'll go on, you know, people's social media, say something just to get some clout. Um, they're at arenas uh, saying things, yelling at uh, wrestlers, saying all types of disparaging things. It's, yeah, it's a lot. So Ronda not being a full-time wrestler, I guess she was a full-time wrestler for the year that she was there. She said she wrestled, I believe it was over 200 days and you got to give her respect for that because she didn't have to do it. The reality is she's rich. It was something that she was interested in. She chose to do it. And when she did it, she did it to the best of her ability. 
however you feel about her matches, her in-ring work, you know, it is what it is when it comes to that. That's how you personally feel because I know it's not how everyone feels. I myself thought she was perfectly fine when she was there. Um, and she was getting better. You could tell the matches were getting better. Um, and she did a great job. So when I look at the fan side, fans are just sometimes just too much. And again, I'm not speaking for every wrestling fan. It's just this like this, this base, this hardcore base that they're just too much. And sometimes wrestling fans can be in their own wrestling bubble where it's wrestling and nothing else matters. And they don't care about anything else. Uh, it's all, it's just basically all about wrestling. And that's fine. If that's the way that you feel, so be it. But I can understand Rhonda feeling a certain type of way because she's going out there giving up her body just as all the other women and men are out there doing. You know, but she went 110, 110% with it. She didn't bullshit with it. She didn't give a part-time schedule. She didn't say, let me just work these, um, you know, the big, the big shows or just the pay-per-views and stuff like that. No, she, she worked. She tried to get better. She did what she had to do. So I can understand her feeling a certain type of way because even I feel a certain type of way about certain stuff. Like, um, I was talking to uh, Shaheed and like I was telling him, you know, fans of you see Mick Foley walking the way he walks and the things that he's done for the business. And people still talk shit, shit about him because he gave his body up for the business to entertain us. And, you know, he paid the price, whatever it may be. And fans will come out there and say, oh, well, they shouldn't have used Mick Foley for this segment. Oh, he wasn't good. Or what was he doing in the ring? Oh, where he, you know, it's just always something with a wrestling fan. And I'm not going to be crazy. I call, I consider myself a wrestling fan, but I think now, especially as I'm getting older, I'm just seeing things a whole lot different now than I did when I was in my, you know, early twenties and stuff like that. Or even when I was a teenager and I was watching wrestling, how I would, uh, communicate and say things because the reality is sometimes wrestling fans can be trash. You really can. And I think it's a community out there of fans that really just really sometimes need to get out their own way. Um, so I totally understand where Rhonda is coming from with the ungrateful fans. She wasn't speaking to every fan because there's some people out there or some fans out there that love what Rhonda did. And again, if you did, that's great. And if you didn't, that's okay. But it's a certain way to go about it. It's always a certain way to go about shit. And I think in 2020, fans are just really different. And maybe they're not different. Maybe it's just that I chose not to notice certain things no you know what i take that back social media has made it easier for fans to say what they want to say to wrestlers and have a bunch of people just jump on it i mean you can look down a list of certain wrestlers and don't get it twisted now some of these wrestlers they do put their uh foot in their mouth and say some silly shit and stupid shit and after that you know it is what it is i mean 
they got you know if they going if you if a wrestler's gonna put something on social media, then exactly people are gonna you know respond back to it and say what they have to say. But when it's not warranted, sometimes fans will say stuff that's not even warranted. I've seen things said about Naomi. I've seen things said about uh, uh, Becky. I've seen things said about Kofi. I've seen things said about Daniel Bryan, and it's not warranted. It's just because, well, I don't like them, so I'm going to say what I have to say. And Rhonda, she doesn't have to do it. And I can understand her saying, I would never work a full-time schedule again. If I was to come back, it would be part-time. Because the reality is some of you wrestling fans are ungrateful. That's just the reality of it. And, and, it, and it's just my opinion and I could be right and I could be wrong, but that's just the feel sometimes because sometimes I don't think a lot of people take into consideration of what everybody does in that ring. I'm talking about from WWE down to any small indie promotion working there because these people are out here entertaining us. And when I noticed that it was Russell, WrestleMania just said something because I'm just looking at what Seth Rollins and, and Kevin Owens were doing, what Edge and, and uh, Orton was doing, no matter how I feel about Orton personally, uh, what they were doing to their bodies to entertain us in a fucking empty arena. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to come sit here and complain about WrestleMania this year. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Any, any other year I would because I'm just like, these people really need to be at home with their families. That's the reality of it. We'll get into that later. Let's get back to the Ronda versus the Ronda versus the fans. So Ronda's rich. She doesn't probably have to work, but she wanted to come and give wrestling a go. And damn it, she did it. And I can understand her feeling underappreciated, feeling like the fan, they're just ungrateful. Like I was an MMA star, superstar. And I came, her name helped. Having Ronda Rousey come and be on the women's division helped. No, no matter if you like it or not, it really did help. Because that got outside eyes on her. I, the eyes that WWE weren't getting, when they heard Ronda Rousey was wrestling, those eyes came to see. I, I really can understand both sides of this situation. And I know it seems like I'm riding both sides, but I can understand both sides, but I'm leaning more to Rhonda. Fuck it. Like, I don't have to do this. And she can ride this whole thing out and come back and be the biggest fucking heel to make some of y'all mad because y'all already mad at half the shit. She said, and don't get it twisted. She and said some silly shit. And some of that shit that she said, I don't blame some people for saying that. I don't even want to get the avocado toast. And it's just a bunch of sacred madness that she's things she said and done. I can understand why people would want to say something back or why people would want to respond because the reality is she still feels like an outsider. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Even though she worked that year, the fans, some of the fans still made her feel like that outsider, like she wasn't she wasn't a part of the group. She was still that outsider. 
She didn't earn her stripes. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. So how? It's funny with popularity, what you do in other things can get you other opportunities. And sometimes just being white. Let's be real about it. Tim Tebow is playing baseball. But he was playing football too, right? How do you think Tim Tebow really got that opportunity to play baseball? Yes, he played baseball in college. But that was years. He was out of the game for years. But you know what? He got that opportunity. How do you think motherfucking Michael Jordan got an opportunity to play baseball? Baseball, man, you were winning NBA championships, MVP, the greatest of all time. What? You want to play baseball? He got that opportunity to do do it. So he did it. Brock, he got that opportunity to go to the UFC. He got that opportunity to try out and play football. Things like that happen. Yes, she had an opportunity to do something that she must have had a love for or a passion to do because she did it damn near. She did it a, a year. She gave her body. She sacrificed her time. And I'm not saying she didn't do anything with other, the other wrestlers I don't who's been doing it maybe 8 to 9, 10, 12, 15, 20 years now. But people just, some people just act like she just came in the door and said, oh, I'm wrestling here. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But no, she, she hustled. It may not be to the liking. You may not like her wrestling style. You maybe were indifferent of the way she sold moves. Okay, fine. I can understand you when you start critiquing that. And when you start having issues, well, I didn't like the way this match worked. Or I didn't like the way that match worked. That's fine. That's okay. But people get personal with certain shit. People start attacking people outside of that. And that's just what it is. Hell, you can put up a, a tweet right now. And if somebody want to get some clout or somebody want to just get a rise out of you, they'll say some shit back. Some personal shit back. That's just the way it is. That's the way that social media works now because it's giving everybody a voice. Right or wrong, it's giving everybody that voice to say what they want to say. Fans are always going to be fans. You're going to have some great fans. You're going to have some trash-ass fans. And Ronda has to understand that. Even if she came back for a part-time, it's going to be the same thing. It would be no different. It wouldn't be. And, and again, with this interview, it only made it worse. But I absolutely hope if she do decide to come back, hey, let's go with this. You said this, let's, let's feed into it. Let's keep feeding into it. Let's make them mad. Let's really make them mad. It's great. I think it would be great if, she, if that was to happen. Because people would actually have a heel. You already don't like her, so let's let go all the way with it. Let's really go all the way with it. People have to sometimes understand that, yeah, she didn't have to do it. She really didn't. She could have probably took a cushier schedule. But she wanted to get better because, again, she had to have a love and passion for it. But sometimes we have the fans and she probably thought about it like I'm a fucking millionaire. I can probably go do movies. I could probably go have another match if I wanted to another UFC match if I really wanted to. 
like I'm pretty sure she has other things that she can do, but she decided to do wrestling. And I get it. When you decide to do something like that, she has to understand as you know, that's just the that's just the business. It is. I'm sure every wrestler, I'm, I'm pretty sure that every wrestler on the roster goes through that. And I'm just talking WWE now. They go through, you know, you have those fans. I can just imagine the shitstorm and 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 uh, Jinder Mahal's Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff when he was champion. Because I'm pretty sure, and I know I, I've seen personally, just trash fans. Like, it's a difference from going to the arena, booing, having fun, but, you you know, you're taking wrestling for what it is. It's just an escape. It's like a soap opera. You enjoy it. I can fucking sit here and watch, um, what, a, what name? What's a show? A fucking Dawson's Creek show. See fucking Katie Holmes. And what's her name on the show? Oh, Joey. I'm not going to see her in the street and say, hey, Joey. What the fuck? Her name is Katie Holmes. She's playing a character. And some of y'all miss it. Some of y'all get too, some of y'all get too too much dip on your chip, and you feel like you could just say and do anything. And I could just understand how that pisses wrestlers off. Any you know, not even wrestlers, just any famous musicians, uh, actors, actresses. I can understand how that could just piss you off because it's like what. Now, when you put your foot in your mouth, if you decide to put a tweet out there, you decide to put something on social media and you know, you absolutely know it's going to make people upset. And some people may like what you said, but you know, you're going to have to take because you put it out there. So you're going to have to accept everything that come, you know, come back to you. Now, some people may be respectful, respectful about it and some people won't. But again, that's just social media. I just feel like this this top this topic that happened is very interesting because I understand it. I understand it. Re- um, hardcore wrestling fans are just wrestling fans in general. They some they feel like wrestling is just theirs. You first you personally feel like it's yours. You can sit there, you can sit at home, or you can sit around your buddies or friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, or whatever, and you can book the show. You know, we've all done that before. Armchair booking. Well, I would I would have done this or they should have went this way or it would be better if they do this. Don't push him. They should be pushing this guy. Well, I don't like him with him tagging with him. Well, I think the match order is, you know what I'm saying? We've all done this before. So when we feel like somebody's like somewhat attacking the business or attacking the community, as far as wrestling, we want to defend it. And that's what's happening now. People didn't like what she said. So now we, you know, people are defending, defending the community, defending wrestling for what it is. Like, oh, no, 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 fuck her. She, she you know, you know, she did this or she lucky about this. And she, you know, is really? Because at the end of the day, in her mind and in everybody's, you go down and you talk to everybody in that locker room, they were probably saying, no, she helped. She brought more eyes to the promotion. She helped us out a lot. She improved in the ring. Because she's, when I've been seeing, she's keeping it respectable, respectable, you know, as far as the locker room. She don't have no beef with nobody in the locker room as far as issues. Her issues is basically with the fans. 
and the fans can make shit just fuck up. They can make it all messy. Sometimes fans can make a show just be like, oh, God, why, you know, we've done that before. I've heard plenty of podcasts before where people call in and just shit and shit and shit on the show. I'm sure we all have. And then we start shitting on wrestlers. And it just snowballs from there. The Roman Reigns issue snowballed. So I'm sure the Ronda thing is going to snowball. But she wasn't wrong in her feelings because it's her feelings. She can say whatever the fuck she want to say. Just like when you choose to say about how you feel after what she said, you can too. But it's a way about going about it. She said what she said because she's probably fed up. I can just imagine her still getting tweets or DMs or messages about certain things in wrestling. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine somebody coming to your job and critiquing you and telling you what to do, something that you're, you're doing? Imagine that shit. And after you finish your day of work, you have four or five people just talking about what you did, what you did wrong, what you did right, how you, how you look, how you should have carried yourself, how you should have came in, how you should have left. You would go batshit insane or you'd be ready to fist fight or ready to bust somebody upside the head. I get it. It's wrestling. It's this thing. It's a dance. It's, it's, it's something that is sports entertainment. It's something that we watch. It's something that we enjoy. Everybody want to feel like they know more than the next man or woman. Let's just get back to enjoying this shit. That's the problem. That's the real issue. Everybody wants to be the smartest man in the room or the smartest woman in the room. Fuck that. I don't want to be the smartest man in the room. I want to be entertained. And yes, you sometimes you're going to have matches that don't hit. And sometimes you're going to have wrestlers that you don't care for. But as fans, we got to be better. That's the reality of it. Fans is, you know, that's you just be a fan. You want to be a wrestler? You want to show somebody how to do it? You go start taking bumps. You go be a referee. You go be a commentator. You go do those things. Because sometimes some of the things that we say are just out of pocket. It really is. I don't care. And I'm putting it all across the board from all podcast up and down even myself i've said some out-of-pocket shit sometimes because i'm not doing it i'm not fucking taking any bumps i'm not in the ring i'm watching i'm a spectator we gotta be so be a stop being so overprotective of certain things The worst thing I think that ever happened was when we got that peak. Once we got that peak behind the curtain, oh, fuck. Everybody, we all can do this. Getting the peak behind the curtain and social media. Shit, everybody feel like they can book a show. Oh, I can do what Vince did. I can book a show better than him. Oh, I can book a show better than Cody. Oh, well, they should have did this in a ring of honor. 
Like, yeah, I get it to a certain degree, but come on. It's cool to have conversations. It's cool to talk about certain stuff. When I get on this podcast, I can talk to anybody I have here as far as a co-host about it, what we like, what we don't like, but then let's keep it respectable. Now, I think that's the major problem and issue when it came down to Ronda. The shit got funky. Like, she won't beat a bitch ass. Like, some people think it's sweet out there. And I'm pretty sure she just thought about it to herself and was like, why am I doing this? I don't have to do this. I have money. I got to do it for a year. I had fun. But I can't keep doing this. Because I'm set. I got money in the bank. I don't have to do this every year and go through the grind because believe me and you, it's a fucking grind. Some of us only go to work five days a week. Why do you think that is? Because six or seven, you be crying, ready to die. I can't do this shit six or seven days. No, most of us work five days a week. Maybe some people work six. It's a few, it's a, it's a lot of people that work six, but the main thing is, you know, five days a week, we go to work. Now imagine doing 200 plus shows and she was doing 200. I'm subject to think some people might've been doing three or at least close to 300. That's insane. You don't have to like every fucking wrestler that you see. That's not what I'm saying. But damn it, give them the respect because the fuck. You're not doing it. You're not taking back bumps. You're not getting in the ring and any any wrong move and you could end up dead or paralyzed. And these people are out there entertaining us and we get it when it's a heel and y'all want to boom and you want to have fun. That's all great. That's great. That's fine. You can do that. But it's these attacks and these personal things is when y'all think shit is sweet. And I'm not sitting here and I'm not trying to take up for Rhonda because, like I said, some of the shit she's have said in the past is wild as fuck. And I don't agree with a, a lot of the shit she say. But I do know that for a, a genre that I enjoy watching, she got in the ring and entertained me better than I thought she would. And I enjoyed what she did. If she doesn't come back, okay, whatever, that's cool. If she do, that's cool too. But again, I can understand her feeling that type of way. And, and I also can understand how fans feel. I, I really can understand how you feel because we are fucking protective of wrestling. Oh, don't let anybody talk about wrestling. Because it's our thing. I get it. It's our thing. And y'all still feel like she may be an outsider. Maybe she gave that perception that she was still an outsider. I, you know, it's a lot of things that play into effect because, you know, a lot of people didn't like her in UFC. So a lot of people who watched wrestling, watch UFC and UFC watch wrestling. And, you know, that that group of people could have came in not liking her and whatever and how she was booked and things she said on the microphone. You know, it just starts seeming like. It could be things that were out of her control 
and things that were in her control, but it seemed like more there was things that out of her control while people just started disliking her. Well, why are they putting her in this match? But she's fucking Ronda Rousey. What do you expect? <laughs> what did you expect? You thought they were going to have uh, uh, Mike Tyson doing the opening match at WrestleMania? No, they put him in the main event spot with Stone Cold and, uh, and Shawn Michaels. You, you really want, you want Mike Tyson to be at a pre-show? <laughs> and Ronda showed that she could carry herself in that position. They did tag matches first. They worked with her. Of course, they're going to do that. She you knows she's not knowing what's going on, but you could tell she got better. She got better. I'm not saying she was out here having five-star matches, but y'all can't tell me no matches weren't entertaining. Sometimes fans can ruin shit. And that's anything, basketball, football, all that shit. Golf, tennis, sometimes fans can ruin shit. So in closing with this subject, I'm just, I'm just going to simply say that. I understand how all, all the wrestling fans feel out there. I really do. I really do. But we just got to be better as fans because... Things like this shouldn't be said. It really shouldn't be. Ungrateful. No, you should be grateful. And I'm not saying, oh, thank you, Rhonda, but you know, hey, cool, thank you for what you did. I particularly didn't care for your character as far as your image, but you know what? You did the damn thing. I particularly don't give a damn about Randy Orton. But he did his damn thing in the edge match. Too fucking long, but he did his damn thing in the edge match. Undertaker. I could care less, but you know what? That boneyard match was the shit. And let's jump into that. Let's change subjects. Let's talk about this. I want to know. Well, I already have an idea, but the cinematic wrestling I, I, I want to know the cinematic, cinematic matches that they had as far as the Boneyard match and the uh, Firefly Funhouse match I enjoyed them I really did and I know there's been a lot of well this you know people didn't like it and you know some people did like it but I'll just take them you know match by match the Boneyard match I think was really good it was my favorite one out of the two um I thought they put Undertaker in a great position where we didn't have to see him in the ring. And it's not that he, him and AJ couldn't have had a good match. I think they wanted to break away from the ring itself because they knew, well, we're going to be in the ring, 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 and we're going to be in the ring tomorrow, which was going to be Sunday. Saturday, they wanted to just get out of the ring and have that that um, broken universe feel type of match. And I thought that AJ and Undertaker did a phenomenal job as far as that match goes. It was fun. It was campy. It was, uh, it was bad and bad in a good way. Like, you know, you watch a good, bad movie. It was just like, it was, I, I just really had a good time watching it. My fear is that this is what they start hanging their hat as far as Undertaker matches goes, because as we know, usually he comes back for one match, which is um, WrestleMania. 
then we started getting these every year. And I think I joked on, on Twitter about, yeah, I'll, I'll be down for this every year. But you know, that was, ch- I hope people know that was tongue in cheek. I was just joking. I wouldn't want to see this every year because then they'll take away from this match. And we know how sometimes WWE can get a hold of something. And boy, we might get more of these matches <laughs> than we thought. But that's a good question is like, can we do these more often, these cinematic, ma- cinematic matches? I just, I just wonder. I wonder, can we do this more often? Can we have another one um, if things, you know, when the world starts to, you know, get back to somewhat of normal and when we start having people back in the arenas? Um, like, let's just say, for instance, next year, WrestleMania in, in L.A., like you couldn't do this at WrestleMania. Like if it was a live crowd, it wouldn't have worked. People be getting up, people be going to concession, people be going, you know, to the bathroom, people be paying attention, people be on their phones. But people at home got to enjoy this. Cause you like you didn't have that, you know, you're gonna be outside and yeah, I just, you know, I don't know. I think this will work. Maybe as long as you're inside a building, if you're outside, of course it's not going to work. But if you're inside a building, maybe like for B shows, like your, your money in the banks and you know, your shows like that. That's when I think um, the cinematic thing can work a little bit more, but I wouldn't want to keep doing boneyard matches. Like keep that for the undertaker. And you know, of course the firefly matches will be for um, the fiend. Um, Now, the interesting thing about the Fiends uh, Firefly match is that I've like this is the one that people uh, didn't really know what was going on. It was a whole bunch of backstory with it. Um, you had to pay attention to like, years of you know this feud and everything that was happening. And I think some independent wrestler, I'm not sure, somebody put it up. I think I was really good on Twitter where. They kind of outlined everything and explained everything for everybody. I was like, I got to read. It's like, damn. Okay, because some of that stuff I missed. I thought it was a good match. Well, it really wasn't a match. I thought it was fun to watch. It wasn't a match. I can understand people really disliking this because what was the end game? Like, yeah, Bray. Pent Cena, but it was like, did he really pent Cena? <laughs> we saw it, but then he disappeared. It is like, yeah, what the fuck was that? And again, I just enjoyed it for what it was, but I don't think the Firefly one is the one. I don't think they can. Yeah, I don't think they can hang their hat on that anymore. Because again, the Fiend is such a a complicated character. And I think the character is only complicated is because I think in the beginning or somewhere in the middle, when the beginning, I think there was a, there was a distinct idea or, you know, something that they wanted and knew where they were going. And somewhere along the way, instead of Bray and whoever else he's working with and maybe Vince going in one direction everybody kind of split and went their own way. So the character started to become a little shaky, like, wait a minute. So now, cause it was like, I believe it was like 
at first the two two didn't really know about they knew about each other but they didn't know like but now it was like oh well we know of each other and oh i could talk to him right now or i could bring him out it, it you know they made it seem like that bray didn't even really know when the fiend would come or things would kind of happen to make him come out but it's just really it's, it's just the the character was so complicated and the match i think people expected to see john cena in the match but i'm like at this point i'm not mad at john cena like i can understand him not really wanting to have a match and i can under him understanding too saying maybe this match will help get bray over and i'm not saying you know it's don't get it wrong the fiend bray he already has fans but Cena was probably thinking, maybe I could put him over more. Maybe I can help him out more with this. Because at this point, we know Cena is not, he's not a full-time wrestler anymore. He's pretty much a movie star. He's making money in Hollywood. So I can understand his logic of saying, yeah, let's try this. Now, 10 years ago, five years ago, maybe Cena probably be like, no, hell no, I'm not doing this. This is goofy. But he went along with it. He had fun with it. And you can honestly tell he had fun because he was all in on it. And that's why I think it worked as far as what it was, because it was basically us being inside the fiend's mind and how his mind works. And he took Cena for the, he took Cena for a ride. Now, believe me and you, I can understand people who just upset, just wanted to see a squared circle match. I want to see them in the ring and I want to see some, a referee count one, two, three, and there's a winner. I totally understand that, and I'm not mad at people that feel that way because I can understand where you're coming from. But again, you had two nights, and you've already had multiple Raw, SmackDown, and NXT shows where you were in the Performance Center. They cannot stay in the Performance Center for both nights. They had to bring that, like, like someone level to you. They had to get away from that scenery. So those two matches were the matches they did it for each night. You know, it was Saturday night, Sunday night. Let's just get out of here for a minute. Well, actually, let me take that back. Uh, the Boneyard match closed Saturday. And then Sunday, I think, was like near the end where it was like, okay, let's get out of here for a minute. And we'll come back to the uh, performance center. Because it's a lot. I mean, it really is a lot. But um, I think there's a place for the cinematic wrestling thing. I wouldn't want them to pull the trigger uh, no more than maybe twice a year. I'll say three, three times a year. And it has to make sense. Like it, it really like the boneyard, the boneyard, the boneyard match made sense to me because it was a boneyard undertaker. Okay. I, I can sort of get it. We're in the graveyard. We're fight. So it made sense. Then the fiend in his mind, you know, it's not, John Cena was playing behind the eight ball. He wasn't really going to win because he didn't know what he got himself into, but it really wasn't the match. See, see, it gets, so you got to make it mean something. You got to make it right. And it got to fit the narrative of the, you know, the story that's going on. Or even if you, if you want to do it, it doesn't have to be a match, but if you want to take it somewhat like it's that broken universe, I think if I'm not mistaken, Lucha Underground was doing this. So, you know, with those like so proper shit going on in the background, I think it can work, but you just have to, you know, pick your spots. Don't overdo it. Um, and I think um, as far as, you know, speaking of AEW with the, um, Matt Hardy being over there, I think they want to watch that too. 
they may want to watch that too because you don't want to overdo it. And being that Matt already has a history of that broken universe and we've all kind of followed it from TNA to when they tried it in WWE and, you know, now in AEW, let it, let it make sense. Let it, let it kind of like happen naturally. Let's not try to force it. Um, so they may want to be, you know, watch that too, but I think it's a place for it. Um, I think a lot of people will still reject it because it's not, Traditional wrestling is not, you know, things being settled in the ring. But I just think is a place for it because I remember seeing old, uh, you know, WCW or old videos of NWA where they would do stuff outside the ring, you know, in, in different locations and wherever, wherever it may be. I remember seeing the, um, uh, uh, some on the network when Dusty was being the Midnight Rider. You know, and he was like at a campfire, him and Magnum T. So I'm like, you know, they took him out the ring. So it, there's a place for that stuff. It's just that we just know how WWE can be. So they can't be, you know, heavy handed with it and just kind of pick their spots. Uh, yeah. And the last thing I want to talk about tonight is why, oh, why are we having live events? Ah, boy. I think I said this on different podcasts that I would be fine if wrestling just closed shop. They say, you know what? All the other sports have pretty much said we're done. You know, until this virus, you know, until things get better in the world, until things are a little more, you know, settled. No, we can't be having, you know, these, these crowds and Sports and stuff happening because we got to keep people safe. So, you know, wrestling just kept chugging along with uh, WWE and AEW. So I took it for what it was. I didn't watch every show because, again, you know, that being fans make the fans make a wrestling show no matter what. Because that that live crowd is, is, is you just can't beat that. And while we may have gotten a little bit adjusted to having, you know, not seeing the crowd and not having the crowd. I just think WWE is making a mistake, making a mistake going live. Like I think they were in a position to record five weeks worth of shows. I think that was raw NXT and SmackDown. And I think they had the wrestlers there and Vince was just like, now nah, we're going live. And I think that absolutely sucks because if I'm a performer that day, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to knock these shows out. We're going to get this out and I get to be home with my family. I don't have to worry about traveling. I, you know, I feel, you know, I feel better being at home than having to travel in and out coming to the performance center to tape shows every week. And, you know, I'm an essential worker. I do security. So I have to, you know, be at work. There's no way about it. Shit don't run if we not at work. We, I have to be at work. So me being at work is essential. Uh, wrestling isn't essential. <laughs> I get it. You want to keep us entertained. And it may be something about as far as, I don't know, maybe contracts with the, uh, with USA and Fox. I don't know if that plays a deal with why, Vince feels like he still has to run live shows. 
But I just think at this point, just care about your talent, man. Just care about your talent. Just say, you know what? Y'all grinded it out with me with this WrestleMania thing. We finally got to this point. Let's knock out these shows for five weeks and come back out there and see where we at. Y'all go enjoy this time off. I'm sure it would have helped a lot of wrestlers. I'm pretty sure, you know, just that fear of going out. And I know some I know some of the wrestlers are in Florida and right there, so it's kind of easy, easy access for them to get to the performance center. But what about the ones that's not? What about the ones that's actually traveling to come back to the performance center each week for maybe out of state? No, like what are we doing? Like you got to think about, you know, your roster. You got to think about your wrestlers. You got to say, hey, and I'm pretty sure if I had to guess, Fox and uh, USA would be like, well, you know what? You're right. Let's just do this. Maybe you can give us some best of shows. Maybe you can do some shoot style interviews, whatever it may be to just have content on for that, you know, uh, Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Then we'll do that. You telling me y'all wouldn't want to see it like a, okay, you know, the best of Daniel Bryan, the first hour was like a shoot interview and the second hour was like some of his best of matches. Like, come on, like, just be, just be creative. That's all you got to do. I'm sure you did. I'm sure W has creative people back there and this was their time to have them to shine. Like, okay, what can we do for this week? What can we do for that week? What can we do for NXT? There's different things that we, they could have done. NXT, um, uh, this week, uh, the best tag team matches. And, and you, know what, you get what I'm saying? It's not like we won't watch them because, damn it, for some reason, uh, 600,000 people keep on watching AEW and NXT on Wednesday. And this is when people are, you know, when the numbers are decreasing because, let's be honest, it's not a live crowd. People, you know, it has a shelf life. This absolutely has a shelf life and it's showing now. I just think it would have been great for the wrestlers to have that time off just to knock the shows out. Um, but I'm not a boss. I, it's not my company. And I can. it's great for me to get behind the microphone and speak. I don't know what Vince was thinking. I don't know what the contracts say. But I just know as far as what's going on in the world right now, ain't nobody in the NFL saying, hey, well, you're going to play these games. You better. You get what I'm saying? Like, you have to see how the world's working right now. They damn they shut down Dana and his wild notion of having fucking Mortal Kombat on some fucking island. What is wrong with him? You got a pandemic going on. It's, he wants to be the damn Shang Tsung. It's insane. I don't know what some of these people are thinking. It's like, no, let these people go home with their families and be fucking safe. If everybody would stay fucking home and do like we're told, we could get through this. But some people just don't want to listen. And I know that's not the topic. The topic is not like that. But y'all get what I'm saying. You get what I'm, you absolutely get what I'm saying. This was a time for WWE to have that break. Who the hell cares if the shows were taped for five weeks? If the shows were taped for five weeks, I guarantee you, you still have people watching. Every single week. Somebody will be watching those shows. You could come back to it in five weeks and say, you know what? Okay, now we can have lives. Because 
We don't know when or where this thing is going to end. The last thing I read or the last thing I remember seeing was the spike was going to happen in May and June of the coronavirus. And I think I was reading later, um, I was reading earlier today, excuse me, that, you know, they hoping by November to get things back to somewhat normal. But we don't know. We don't know how this is going to play out. So this has just been a great time, I think, for those guys to get rest. Rest on their bodies and rest on their mind. Because I'm pretty sure they got other shit they worrying about, especially people with families. Because the shit is real out here. Wrestling is not a fucking essential job. Yes, I love wrestling. Yes, I like to watch wrestling. But it's not essential. That's why I got the fucking network if I want to watch wrestling. If they would have went out, say, no, we're not doing no shows, bet I got the network. Bet I can go watch some old New Japan matches. Bet I can go watch some Ring of Honor matches. I got enough fucking wrestling I can watch. Hell, I can go catch up on some TV shows because I'm hella behind on a lot of shit. I ain't even finished Ozark yet. Fuck. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so that's my two cents this week about things that's going on. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Jeff versus the world on Twitter and on Facebook. Also, you can follow me at the real Jeff versus the world on Instagram. So if you listen to the, I am not Dave podcast, then you know, I got another show coming is not, I'm not Dave. I'm not Dave podcast. It's hood classics. So you'll hear my voice again Tuesday with my man Shahid, where we'll be talking about uh, exit wounds, DMX exit wounds, 2001. So, yeah, uh, so I'm going to get up out of here. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. I will be back again with episode 15 sooner rather than later. Peace. <laughs>